Hello and welcome to the Alright Podcast. In the last episode, we chatted to life coach and business guru, Brian Mullis. It was extremely successful, actually, more than I ever could have thought. I then thought, well, it would be silly to stop there. It was that successful. And so this week, I chatted to Alex O'Byrne and Piers Foragood. They are the owners of We Make Websites based in a lovely office in East London. When I chatted to Alex and Piers, we talked about a number of subjects, but the theme of it was explaining how to be successful as a startup and then how to follow that through, how to grow, a number of topics. Now, the episode with Brian Mullis was an hour long and some of the feedback on that was that one hour in one hit is too long. So what we are going to do with this is call it the We Make Website series. It's going to be over four episodes, each 15 minutes long. And over each, there will be different focuses. I found Alex and Piers to be very charismatic, intelligent, witty. This first episode, they cover their jobs at Merrill Lynch and why they left there to start out doing their own business and learning the basics of marketing for their own business uh, and most importantly, finding their niche. So enjoy. I hope you find it equally as inspiring as I did and we will chat at the end. Take care. Hi guys, how you doing? Good, good. Very good to be here. Today I'm with We Make Websites and specifically the founders, Website Wizards, Alex O'Byrne and Piers Foragood. Guys, if you just want to do a quick intro into We Make Websites, who you are, what you do. So I'm Alex. I am one of the founders at We Make Websites. We are the best Shopify agency in the world. So if you don't know Shopify, it's an e-commerce platform that's very popular. And we design and build websites that increase conversions and look great. And I'm Piers, I'm the other founder of Wemo Websites. For a bit of context, uh, we both came from development backgrounds, but I'm, I'm more of a designer, Alex more of a developer. These days we're more just running the business and uh, getting stuff done. Yeah, trying anyway. <laughs> So, day one, let's go in from day one. Wow, okay. Let's go all the way back to the, the Merrill Lynch days <laughs> in the bank, the, the music videos. Um, start us off there, how you, how you got to know each other. Well, we were in a seminal music video in New York City. <laughs> now, we, Piers and I did an internship in 2006 in the bank, which was then Merrill Lynch. And then we'd begun our careers at the bank and pretty soon decided it wasn't really our scene. So we wanted to do our own thing, we wanted to design, we wanted to build good technology, good engineering. Bank wasn't the place to do that, so we left. And so day, do you mean day one of when we begun the company? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so, but, but that context is good, I think, to so, how yeah. you two complement it. And before we set up the company, we were trying to do... Uh, other things on the side of the job. I think we both realised we didn't want to be there. We felt like the way out for us was to have our own company. I think we both felt we were quite entrepreneurial, didn't want to work for anyone else. Um, and we started, We start, the first thing we tried was creating iPhone apps or an iPhone app. Um, we played one called Last Orders, which was going to show you what bars are still open near you. If you're like stumbling out of a bar and you don't know 
anything else you wanted another drink don't know the area it was going to tell you what's still open which I still think is a good idea mm. but yeah. um, didn't, didn't go anywhere couldn't get the data it was, you know, it was like eight years ago now um, and then we someone asked us to make a website I think and we uh, yeah felt we could do it really. we, yeah, we pitched for that and it was, I remember it was in Geneva because I'd been living in Geneva and we got to we set the company up in a week and we got to number two we, we lost a bit, but we got to number two, which considering we'd never done it in our lives. Yeah, so we're a big, big website project that we just thought we'd have a go. We just wung it, or winged it, wung it, or whatever, <laughs> and we nearly got it. So then we thought, perhaps we could make a living out of this. And then uh, I went on holiday and I read, I was reading Hunter S. Thompson, The Rum Diary, when I was on holiday. And uh, it's quite a good story of adventure. And I sort of ended up thinking, why am I doing this banking job when I was what, 25 maybe, something on that? Yeah. Why am I doing this job that most people are 20 years older and obviously seem to hate it? So why am I doing that now and dedicating my life to that? So when I got home, I quit and I rang Piers. I was on holiday as well. <laughs> and he just said, <laughs> he said, uh, I've quit my job, so we're gonna, we're gonna do this. Which is uh, very responsible of him. <laughs> um, so. But I was quite happy about it really. I remember because it meant I could then quit mine. Um, yeah. So we sort of worked. I carried on working and in order to help fund the company, I guess. Um, and then I quit about I don't know three months later. Yeah, we just hustled. So, that, so so to say to answer. So when I gave my notice, so I had a month notice period. So if you count day one as like the day after that ended, then. Actually, before that, I'd been out. We put an ad on Gumtree, and it was like, "We uh, do you want a website, premium web design, for cheap?" Basically, it was the ad, and that we managed to get a, quite a big deal out of that, which was just luck, basically. Ended up going over to Mayfair and meeting with a company there. So by the time we had day one, we had done one deal, I think, and then we struck a deal with a charity that supports small businesses, and we told them that we'd give a discount to their members. Uh, so we promote that. Plus, we did a couple of free websites. We did a primary school website stuff, so we could show. Yeah, like, so we did the kind of friends and family asking if they needed some stuff done. Because whilst we we were still at the bank, we still had an income. We could afford to do some stuff for free just to build up a portfolio. Um, so I think by the time we actually both we properly launched, we had sort of three or four websites under our belt. Felt like we knew a bit more, a bit more about what we were doing at least. Okay. Another thing we did on day one that's important is I exported everyone I'd ever met on LinkedIn. You taught me this one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> added, added it to MailChimp and then we started our mailing list around that time which was just, we're doing websites based, just reminding people we existed. Yeah. And yeah. that mailing list, you know, is like 20,000 people today. It's so. not a business practice I was advised though, since it's <laughs> technically, you know, a little bit shady. It may not have been at the time. But it was yeah. friend, it's friends so, and family, so yeah. most people were very... Uh, I'd yeah. say if you had me on LinkedIn, that's consent for me to also spam you back. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> well, yeah, because you'd spam someone on LinkedIn anyway, wouldn't you? You'd see people yeah. doing posts every day and it goes up on your wall. Well, yeah, to be serious about the list, <laughs> it wasn't spam we were sending. It was, and as is today, our philosophy is to send helpful, valuable content to people. So it was all about teaching people how to improve their websites, which it yeah. still is today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is you should only unsubscribe if you're not interested in that, which is yeah. fine. But the people that are interested in it, stay on it. 
And because the website is a relatively big purchase for most businesses, uh, once they find us, they might not buy that day. So the fact they could stay on the mailing list for six months, learn about us, build trust is really powerful, and then they buy after that. And I can remember when you, you guys first did that, your unsubscribe rate was relatively low, wasn't it? Yeah. Because you were providing content for yeah. them, which they felt was, was yeah. necessary. Yeah, and to this day, you know, we still, we don't ever send things that just say, buy a website. Yeah. You know, it's always how to do something, how to increase mm. sales, how to increase traffic, whatever. So yeah, it's all yeah. free advice with the aim of building people's trust so that when they do want to buy or when they're in a position to purchase a website or yeah. for services, they, you know, they, they look to us because we've given them plenty of stuff in the past and established ourselves as trustworthy experts. Okay, so, so, in, so in that first year, for you two, it was very much a learning curve. You probably learned a lot. You were both oh, quite yeah. young. How, how <laughs> old were you exactly? We were 25. 25, yeah. I know for me in that first year, what I could have really done with is a mentor to say, try this bit, this is where you're going to have the most effect. That initial new startup in that first year, what would be your advice? So I think coming up with a strong proposition and a niche is important. So we didn't do this in the first year, like mm. I said, like you always let it too late. Yeah, yeah. But we switched to just doing e-commerce websites and then at a later date, just doing Shopify websites. And they pretty much changed the business overnight because we had a much stronger niche and that niche was very attractive to people that needed a Shopify website and that just changed the, the rate of inquiry a lot. <clears throat> so do that first and then get in the interest, get, get in the funnel of interest is just so important because most people get started with it because they like doing the actual work or the craft or whatever, which is important, but we realized several years in that we actually have to focus on growth rather than doing the work or doing the actual delivery. Yeah. And that, I think it takes you a while because you just assume, oh, it's like build it and they will come, you know, like you just assume all oh, people will be interested, but they, either they won't be or they won't be aware that you exist. So doing, doing that is a hard bit and that is why the mailing list is a good point to start with. Yeah, being, creating a funnel, creating a proposition then creating a funnel that gets people interested in you is, I think, very important. And, and once you have a strong proposition and a, prom, a, a strong niche, so like we only sell to high, <coughs> high turnover Shopify stores, for example, then we can figure out, well, where does that audience hang out? Like, where do we find them? Is it somewhere in, is there somewhere in AdWords we can find them? Or is it events we can run where we can find them? Or is it just good old fashioned SEO? Like you can begin to answer those questions and build up, build up the channels where people find you. Um, so yeah, I'd say, yeah. Be learning marketing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think learning marketing is exactly it. The, the niche, having a strong niche was far and away the biggest, well, the, the thing that's had the most impact on our success as, a, as an agency. And it's something that a lot of web agencies don't have. And they just why, make websites. It's why they don't grow. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we take it very seriously now. We, we have a full-time content producer and she used to work on jamieoliver.com and manage oh, the content cool. there. So her remit here is basically to do that in e-commerce, like build the best website for e-commerce advice. She's worked for one successful charismatic international entrepreneur <laughs> and Jamie Oliver as well. Boom that So so then we go past year one. What was what was the date you started We Make Websites? 29th September 2009. Okay, so we've just gone past the uh, 
so many years. Eighth birthday. Wow. Yeah, just gone past the eighth birthday. Brilliant. With, eight with long no years. celebration whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no acknowledgement of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so that so then the first year's out of the way. Let's let's go on to year one to the sort of five year period. I think so, I think you can split our company into the first three years versus the rest. Yeah. Because okay. the, what we were describing there about having a niche and having uh, uh, building an audience and all that sort of stuff didn't happen in years one to three really because we, we we were effectively building any and every website that anyone asked us for, which is a, a terrible business plan because you're um, for a couple of reasons. So imagine um, so being a web developer is a, is a relatively specialist thing. But that's, it's not enough of a specialism to make you stand out because it's a, web design is a saturated market. So we'd go into a sales meeting um, and one, one week might be selling into a, a law firm. Next week we might be selling into a not-for-profit with um, and who need event booking on their website. The next m- minute we, and we made this thing like a CMS, a content management system for managing adverts on the, on the Tube platform. Like it was constantly... Different, different types of business we were working with. And each time, you don't know anything about that type of business, so you can't build much rapport, you can't build much trust. You don't know what you're doing because it's a totally new thing to you. Um, so it makes selling, selling yourselves very difficult. And then when you're actually doing the projects, because you don't know what you're doing, because you've never built a website for a law firm before and you don't know what their needs are, you've got to work all that out as you go, which makes it particularly, well, you, it means you're learning on the job, which means it's much harder to be profitable. So. That that was a, re- a real mistake, and we just trudged on like that for three years um, without any particular focus. And I think whilst it paid our way and it allowed us to um, live. quit our jobs and live, yeah. it, that's all it was. We, it was just the two of us freelancing as a pair. It, mm-hmm. it didn't allow us to grow. And if, you, if I think about what the turning point was, it was this switch to having a niche, and we, we were suddenly, right, now we work with... London-based e-commerce uh, or retailers looking to sell on Shopify that are probably in the fashion and homewares sector and are also likely to be startups. That was our initial niche. And that sounds like a really super narrow niche, but there were thousands and thousands of potential customers for us there. And it meant we could um, focus on them, which meant we could focus our marketing on them, go to events where they hang out, write advice that's focused for them. Um, all of our blog could be focused on what sort of questions are these people asking about? They're asking about how to get their photography done on their website, how to source their materials for their clothes, how to um, do returns management, how to do um, set up delivery, do they use third party fulfillment. So there's all this stuff we were suddenly becoming very knowledgeable about, which is a bit beyond the web design. You could give that advice out and then those people would eventually find you because they're searching for that stuff. So yeah. our marketing suddenly became very effective, having been totally ineffective. Yeah, and also because we were in a smaller market, it was easier to make a name for ourselves and stand out because back then, so that was like 2013, I think. And we were really the first agency that I know of that just said, we only do Shopify. Mm. And then because we therefore had more scale, it was easy to become like the number one agency for Shopify. Which so you did pretty quickly, didn't you? So we did that quickly, and we kept saying it for a year or two, and then every other agency started saying it, which, you know, just happens. But what we managed, because we we got ahead in that market, we, 
we're now working with brands like uh, PepsiCo, The Economist, National Portrait Gallery, Skinny Dip, Finisterre, uh, just all, all sorts of brands that people know about. And therefore, it's easy for us now to say we work with more big brands than any other Shopify agency in the world. Or in other words, we bring the best brands on the Shopify. So we have a unique selling point that we can own and no one can take that away from us like at this point. So that would have been hard to do as Pierce says, like in most web designers just go around and say, no, we'll do, we'll build a website for you, you know? And then the final thing on that is because we stand out and we're the best, we can charge premium, which we couldn't before because we were going between projects all the time and you never, you're almost begging for work. Whereas now it's more like, we're the best in the market what we do, so you can work with us or you can work with someone else, it doesn't matter, but if you work with us, you can guarantee it's gonna go right. Yeah, I, I, think, I think a lot of web design agencies or web design companies, whatever you wanna call them, make the mistake of, of just trading on the fact that we are really good developers or we are really good designers, look at what we've done. Mm. That's, that's not enough, particularly because it's such a saturated market. Um, you, yeah, sure, use your case studies, but should, without having that niche, it's very hard to say, I've done exactly what you want for another client. Here, I can prove it. This client is incredibly similar to you. Yeah, that's much more compelling because you've got this little niche. Oh, what a start. Some really interesting points there about finding your niche, learning how to market your own business. And if you're a bit further down the line, how to start thinking about growth. I find this episode really inspiring and you'll find the next three inspiring as well. The next one will be released very soon, so keep your eyes peeled. Take care, goodbye.